This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, speaking to Oanda senior market analysts from around the world with all the latest business and market stories. Let's speak to Jeff Halley in Singapore. Good morning, Jeff. Good afternoon, Johnny. Thanks for having me. A number of Asian markets closed today for the Lunar New Year holiday. Of the markets in your part of the world that are open, how have they begun the week? They've begun very strongly, actually, Johnny. It's uh, been a very positive session for Asia. China, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Vietnam are all out for the Lunar New Year. China will be on holiday until Thursday. And we have a US holiday today as well for President's Day. But Certainly, the U.S. futures on the main indices, the Nasdaq, Dow Jones, S&P 500, had a very good morning in Asia. Uh, they were up over 0.4%. And across the actual Asia itself, the, it's been quite strong. The Nikkei had climbed over 2%. Uh, it accelerated once it broke 30,000, a level it hasn't seen since 1990. South Korea uh, up 1.5%. Australia up 1%. And positive numbers right across the rest of ASEAN. Let's talk about Japan's economy. You mentioned the Nikkei hitting 30,000 for the first time since 1990. Uh, Was that a reaction to the latest figures, GDP in the fourth quarter of 2020, surging, beating expectations to grow by 3% between October and December? But growth was obviously slower than the previous quarter. Yeah, I think uh, the, the numbers were going to always be slower than the third quarter because like most of the rest of the world, uh, the their economies tanked in Q2, so they had record losses. That was followed by an equally sharp rebound in Q3. And what we're seeing here is the rate of growth continuing, but at a lower pace into Q4. And that's what we're seeing from numbers uh, all over the world. The market remains target fixated on this Biden stimulus plan and the rollout of vaccines uh, being this magic and instant panacea to the world's global economy, economic recovery. And, and, and that momentum was there on Friday and Wall Street. And that's the sort of thing that really markets are, are firing along on all cylinders about into uh, this morning. But certainly the Japan data did show an improvement from a, from a very low base. And we, and we saw that, uh, that trend repeated across Singapore. We saw it in Thailand as well. Uh, NZPMIs, Indonesia's pra- uh, trade balance came out better than expected as well. And Japan, uh, industrial production also exceeded um, its, uh, its target as well. So I think what we're seeing here is uh, definite signs of an Asian recovery, uh, particularly in the export-facing manufacturing sides of the economy. What we're yet to see across Asia is a strong domestic recovery, even China's domestic recovery has been muted. And I think we're going to see these two-speed numbers until the world's international borders uh, finally reopen. You mentioned President's Day. Of course, Wall Street closed for that. And talking of presidents, I would imagine that Joe Biden will be keen to put the impeachment trial of his predecessor behind him now and focus on those stimulus plans that you mentioned. Yeah, some comments and uh, indications from President Biden were even before he fully uh, assumed uh, the, the presidency that he felt that the impeachment of Donald Trump or the trial would be a distraction. And he wanted to get on with sorting out COVID-19 and spending his first 100 days uh, getting the stimulus through and reviving the economy. So I don't think President Biden was ever fully uh, bought into this impeachment uh, 
to this impeachment trial. In all honesty, this is very much driven by the House of Representatives. It's all gone to plan. They didn't get enough votes and he's uh, walked away this time. Uh, I mean, some valid points were that uh, can you, th there is a, a legal grey area as to whether you could uh, posthumously impeach a, a president who's no longer president, et cetera, et cetera. But um, as far as the markets go, this was priced in and it certainly hasn't had any market impact whatsoever. And that should be the end of it, at least for the time being, until President Trump, as we still call him, decides whether he's going to run again in 2024. Yes, well, this is the thing. If he'd been impeached, then he would have been banned from holding any sort of uh, political office in any shape, form or fashion. Uh, this clears the road now for the Trump Mark II, if you like. Now, whether the world changes between now and then, or whether this uh, campaign runs out of steam or whether he has the support of the Republicans. These are all things that are up in the air. But uh, I guess if there was going to be any sort of impact, it would be that he's got he's down, but he's not out, so to speak. And you mentioned vaccinations earlier, Jeff, and um, delighted to say that in the UK, we hit the 15 million target, an incredible achievement. So Boris Johnson's government will be very pleased with that. Bang on target. And we go on. So things are looking much better for the UK at the moment in terms of when we will be able to open up here. If the vaccinations continue at that kind of pace, I could imagine mid to late spring, things will open up considerably. Yeah, look, I think along with Israel, I mean, the UK is leading the pace with these vaccinations. Uh, even in the US, they're starting to pick up pace as well with some organisation and direction from central government. I think the UK is in a good place in this particular case. The situation in Europe is there for everyone to see. It hasn't gone to plan there at all. Uh, and they're facing a double dip recession now, uh, unfortunately. I think part of the reason why sterling has been so strong over the last few weeks, even when the dollar actually rallied against uh, most other currencies, is because of this vaccination premium. The fact is, is that the UK will be a long way along uh, towards herd immunity with their vaccination program far sooner than most countries and indeed uh, what commentators were actually predicting. And that is going to be a positive for the UK economy. And I think definitely sterling and to a lesser extent UK equities are reflecting that and that's why we're not seeing this business leaving city of london uh, story getting as much traction as it perhaps otherwise would indeed and in fact i had my uh, jab yesterday morning and um, no major ill effects but one word for listeners if they're going to have a jab have it on the side which you don't sleep on uh, that's <laughs> the only bit of advice i'm going to give about that <laughs> uh, bitcoin jeff edging that magical fifty thousand dollar mark and on friday we saw America's oldest bank, the Bank of New York Mellon, say it will be financing Bitcoin and other digital currencies. JP Morgan have also joined the bandwagon as well, and it's now becoming part of the mainstream. Is that significant? I mean, I know we had the massive reaction to Tesla's investment in Bitcoin. That started this latest soaring of the price. But these massive institutions, traditional, mainstream, Bank of New York Mellon, JP Morgan, you couldn't get more proper than that, could you? No, you couldn't. I mean, I need to look close into more closely into those announcements because my understanding was more that they were happy to offer custodial services to their clients that own them rather than financing. You know, I'm struggling to see how a mainstream bank could give you a loan in fiat currency with the intention to go and buy a digital currency. I've got a feeling that the 
the Federal Reserve uh, might have something to say uh, about that. I think there's a lot of hedging of their bets going on. So we talk about these these companies uh, legitimizing Bitcoin and other cryptos by uh, accepting them or being slightly involved in the space. I think what you're seeing is some of these large banks are unsure really whether cryptos are going to work or not, but they don't want to miss out. They don't want to upset some of their customers. So they're hedging their bets by dabbling on the sides of it rather than being uh, boots and all uh, fully, fully into it. To me, it's easy to do this sort of thing in a rampant bull market. Uh, but I've been told in years past that Bitcoin would revolutionize the monetary system with these distributed ledgers, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I've yet to see that appear anywhere. And I've yet to hear anybody from the institutional side really talk about it very much. All I hear now is it's going to go up, it's going to go up, it's going to go up. Um, and so buy it now because it'll be worth a lot more tomorrow. I'm not hearing anything about how Bitcoin is going to revolutionize the, the financial system. So I think it's important for our, view, uh, for our viewers, for our listeners to understand the difference between tradable and investable. And to me, Bitcoin and other cryptos are tradable, but the jury's out as to whether they're investable uh, instruments that you should be putting some of your retirement savings into. Mm. Let's look at the week ahead. Of course, half of Asia closed for the holiday at the moment and the USA closed today. That They'll be back on Tuesday. What should we look out for? Well, it's a little bit of a tier two data week this week, Johnny. Uh, we have uh, US retail sales on Wednesday, which uh, markets will be looking for evidence that uh, the worst has passed from the from the lockdowns and their effect on the uh, domestic economy. Uh, so I, I think inflation expectations might rise again if um, if those numbers come out higher than expected. I think it's about one percent rise uh, for for the month. That could push up U.S. rates, and we saw the U.S. thirty-year yield creep above two percent uh, on Friday. So that could be a developing story. And then really on, on, on the next big date is Friday, where we have uh, services PMI numbers, purchasing managing index numbers uh, being released from uh, around the world. We also have an Indonesia rate decision, uh, but really it's the, the uh, PMI numbers where again, analysts will be looking for signs that we're starting to see more of a recovery in the domestic side of economies around the world. We all know about the export story, the manufacturing story. What we're not seeing quite yet is those green shoots appearing on the domestic side. But do you see the light at the end of the tunnel? Definitely, but I think markets, or maybe it's just the, the way we are as a society, as a world these days, it's this instant gratification. You can go onto, onto the web and get anything you want now, and it, it comes quite quickly yeah, to, to your door. And We're not as patient as we were. You have to remember, these vaccines only started appearing late November, and here we are a couple of months later, really, in February, and people are sort of asking, well, where's the vaccines? It's you know, It should be going faster. It's like... You know, I think we need to show more patience. It wasn't the markets priced them in as an instant panacea for the world. And I think we need to mollify that. I think the second half of 2021 is when we're going to see this really accelerate. But I, I do believe it will be more business as usual for the first half of this year. OK, Jeff, thanks for joining us this morning. Have a very good week. We'll speak to you again same time next Monday. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.